Thank you for joining us today. We're so excited about the word that we believe is going to bless your life. Do you know that fear can sometimes be disguised as many different things that try to take from us what God has planned from us? That's right. Listen to this message. I believe it'll bless your life and set you free and cancel fear from ever trying to take anything from you. We decided to like leave normal for somebody else to do. And that's why I wore this jacket with all these zippers on it. You know, I haven't worn it since New Year's. I was like, you know what? Let me break it out. I'm feeling new today. Y'all feeling new today? I'm feeling so new, you know. And I'll tell you why, you know. I got some good news, right? But God told me to come today and to cancel fear's assignment. You know, it seems so simple. But when you start to dig into what fear wants to do, you understand how it's so just beautifully disguised sometimes. But today we're going to reveal it. We're going to reveal it so you can see it for the lie that it is and live out the unthinkable things God has planned for you. I'm going to tell you something. When you start hearing the unthinkable, when God starts speaking to you, those uncommon strategies, y'all know the next thing that tries to pop up, right? Fear tries to come right up and tries to convict you of something you've been freed from. But today, we're going to cancel the assignment. Y'all say, today, today. we're canceling the assignment of fear. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. That is good news. But Lord God, I just thank you for this time. I just thank you for this opportunity to come and Share with your people what you have to say. You've been thinking about them. You've been putting together plans that are going to exceed their expectation. And we just thank you for this moment that we get to hear from you about things you're doing. That's simply from your love for us. You love us so much that you gave your only son so that we could experience a life of peace, a life of wholeness where nothing is missing, nothing is lacking, and nothing is broken. In you, we are whole. In you, we are complete. In you, we have all that we need to not only live a life that's good, but live a life that's overflowing. And we thank you for the overflow that you have planned for us because you wish above all things that your people prosper and be in health even as their minds prosper. So we thank you for the miracle you're going to perform in our thinking today to where we'll have soundness of mind in all that you have destined for us. We won't have to struggle into victory, but we're going to walk into victory together. We're going to walk into get victory with a sound mind. We're not going to lose our mind fighting for you, <laughs> but we gain our mind because we've accepted you. If we were lost, we're now found. If we felt ourselves in the darkness. You pulled us out to show us the light of your love, the light of your glory, your mercies and your truth. Your mercy and your grace is available every single day. And we're thankful for that. In your precious name that I pray, the name above all names. Y'all say it with me, Jesus. Amen. Well, love on the person next to you. Tell them you're glad to see them.
today is actually a very Gamage's birthday. She has, she has been blessing our spirits for quite some time, and we are truly thankful for the gift that she is, and we're thankful that God gave her a home here. She could have been anywhere, but she's here with us, and we should be thankful about that. And so, I was going to ask them to sing another song, but, you know, the message might be long, so I figured you might as well find time where you can find time. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But turn with me to Philippians 4 and 8. I'm going to be reading it in the New Living Translation. And it says, and now... Y'all just say this with me, and now. now. It's so important that we pay attention to transitional words in the Bible. They reveal so much about who we should be. Whenever you see, and now, therefore, and then, get excited. Because God's saying there's something new that you have access to. And it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and loving, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then, y'all see that another transitional phrase? Then the God of peace will be with you. And I want to share this with you guys because truth is in every season, there are thoughts that we should be developing and thoughts that should be released. I'm going to say it again. And in every season, whenever you hear God say something new to you or you hear something new being presented to you, there are thoughts that you should be releasing and thoughts that you should be developing. Y'all can say that with me. I'm seeing some of y'all have curious looks on your face. What does it say behind me? That's exactly what I said. That's just plain truth. In every season, there are thoughts that you should be developing, and there are thoughts that you should be releasing. I'm going to say it again because this is really, I mean, this is kind of important. Because sometimes we like to accumulate as we grow. But the thing about God and how he changes seasons with us is he's always expecting us to have a new mind for the new thing he has for us. See, y'all going to make this service really long. If I have to preach last week's message in the middle of this week's message, we're going to be here a long time. Last week, we talked about how for every new thing, there's a new mind that goes with it. Every Vision from God requires the mind of Christ for its operation. We're simply saying God's going to give you the mind to do a thing before he asks you to do that thing. He's saying that, and he said this to us in Matthew, he said, I will not put anything more heavy on you than you could bear to take. And so if we're looking to go to a new season, that new season, especially if it's a new level, everybody can tell you, you know, any business person can tell you, as my business grew, the amount of things I had to maintain grew with it. The good news is, is as my business grew, my mind grew with it. 
So even though there was more to maintain, my ability to attain the more grew with the business. And that's important because it brings an even weight to your growth. And God's saying, that's the same way I deal with my believers. I grow you in a way that the yoke is easy and the burdens are light. And so to make sure that I don't walk you into something that's going to weigh you down, I'm going to prepare your mind before the assignment activates. And that's why we said it's so important that we start to realize that there are new thoughts that we're going to have to put down. No, new thoughts we're going to have to pick up. Old thoughts we're going to have to put down. Why? Because what causes stagnation and transition is whenever you're entertaining two opposing thoughts, you will always remain stagnant as long as you are entertaining two opposing thoughts. Someone's like, why am I so frozen? Why do I feel so stuck? Because you're entertaining two thoughts that actually don't agree with each other. And it'll always leave you frozen. It will always leave you stuck right where you are. If you're going to entertain the good and the bad at the same time, we talked about this before. Like, I don't want to, I don't want a list of what they call them lists. When you go out and find a house, they ask you to do a, 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 a con list and a, and a pro list, you know, a pro list and a con list. And hopefully your pro list outweighs your con list because that lets you know you got the right thing. I told you, we got to eliminate pro list and con list. We just need a God list. We need a list that deciphers what God wants to do. Because as long as you have a pro list and a con list, you're able to develop thoughts that are actually going in two different directions. This is why I hate it. This is why I love it. That's why you can't make a decision. Because you are developing thoughts while you don't like it at the same time. You're developing thoughts while you love it. It makes it hard to move. And God's saying, that's what I need my people to realize. I want to do the unthinkable things in your life, but we have to clean up that thought life. Because as long as you are entertaining two opposing thoughts at the same time, we can't move. It's either I'm with you or I'm not with you. We talked about this last week of how God wants to create framework for our relationship with him. There's things he's written down about his character because he wants them to be the bumpers by which we operate in. He's like, there's certain things that just shouldn't even bother you no more. You don't have to pray about it. I told you, I wrote it down. I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you. I wrote it down. No matter what things you fall into, I will bring it together for the good who love me. Why is he saying these things? Why did he take the, the, the motivation or just the go-ahead to write these things down? Because he's like, I don't want you entertaining things that could also keep you stagnant. As long as you think there are places and things you could do that can remove my love from you, that'll stop you from moving with me. Because no one wants to move or be in a place where God's love isn't present. The good news is he put it in you. I'm trying to give y'all the quickest fast forward to this week from last week as I can give. But there's things God said because of this new covenant, I placed it inside of you. I wanted you to know it's living in you because I don't want you to question my existence with you. There's something powerful that happens when we know God's presence is with us. Amen. Maybe we should have sang that extra worship song. 
is people become trapped in transition. You ever felt trapped in transition? You know, people, people get trapped in transition simply because they are entertaining two opposing thoughts. And they may not jump out as opposing. They may not jump out as though they are disagreeing with each other. But let me tell you something. Whenever you are stagnant or whenever you are stuck in making a decision concerning something, you are entertaining and developing two thoughts that are moving in opposite directions. And we talked about this at the beginning of the year, how God wants us to have a resolve about us. Turn with me to uh, Joshua 1. Because I've discovered that there are, there are critical moments of just our relationship with God that you, you kind of want to pay attention to. And so today we're going to go in and look at two distinct moments that wherever you are and whatever you're doing in life, you should always pay attention to. Two things and two moments that you should always pay attention to is when somebody is ready to end something and the words they say about what they did and what people say when they are about to start something. These two moments reveal a whole lot about what you can expect for the journey that you have. And that's why we're going to look at Joshua. We're going to look at Joshua because at this moment, Joshua is in a critical point of transition. Joshua is now receiving the commandments from God to be the next ruler of the children of Israel. And so in this moment, God speaks to him some key ingredients that he's like, you want to hold on to this, Joshua, because as you live out what we're about to do, they'll help direct your thoughts. They'll help direct your thoughts. It's almost like when we talk about it sometimes when People have like their, their final words before they pass away. You notice in those moments, those people ain't trying to beat around the bush. They are going to give you exactly what you need to do what they believe you need to do without the fluff, without the extra. They're going to give it to you straight and plain most of the time simply because they don't care what you think no more. I'm on my way out. You on your way in. I'm done with this. You're starting this. I'm going to tell you how it is. And as you start something, people always have, like, this crazy amount of hope, you know? I pay attention sometimes, and this would be good for some people, business owners and that types of stuff. Always write down the words people tell you the first time they introduce themselves to you. Because you want to hold on to that hope. Because as they start to walk it out, you're going to want to remind them of the hope that they once had. <laughs> and the amazing thing is, God actually deals with us that same way. He'll give us hope to start the journey. And as we jump in here, we'll see how God starts to speak to Joshua. Starting at verse 1, I'm reading this in the New Living Translation. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, look at this, plain and clear words. Moses, my servant, is dead. Don't try to go raise him. Don't go try to bring this over. <laughs> the time has come for you to lead these people. 
the Israelites across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. What's amazing is, is look at the words God is saying. He says, the time has come for you to lead them across the land to, to a place where they're going to receive what I have given to them. First of all, this is already, y'all know how I love to dive in. This is already interesting talk, God, because if you've already given it to us, what we need to do. <laughs> but that's that hope again. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever, you're, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. What is he doing? He's delivering him a mindset. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. Look at this. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Why? This is a big why. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. And that's why I'm saying even in that moment, God's presence was a guarantee of his success. He's saying that, look, all of this are things that are, have to happen. I'm giving you the promise ahead of time so that you don't waver in actually what are going to be battles. Because we all know, as smooth as all this sounds, it's not how it went down. It didn't go down like this, God. But I'm glad you set an expectation before the battle of what I could expect on the other side of it. And I'm glad that you confirmed that all of it will be true because you'll be with me. Because although Joshua doesn't know this at this moment, we have the pleasure of knowing that there are times and opportunities where Joshua got beat. He got defeated at Ai. And so we know that, man, this is good talk. God, it's good talk that you told him this up front. Because if, if he didn't have this up front, who knows what he would have thought as he was going through. God gave him the mindset to survive the journey. And then he said the confirmation of all of this is that I'll be with you. And I've learned that's the same way God deals with us. He'll give us the mindset for the journey. Sometimes we'll take his words, though, and think there aren't fights to actually win. Amen. I, that ain't what I came here for today. He says, I will not fail you or abandon you. Now you can start to see some of the revealing, because why would you have to tell me that you won't fail me or abandon me? Based on the first few verses, this sounds easy. What's up with these hands, God? Why do I need to know that you will never fail me or abandon me based on your first few words everywhere I walk? They should know I'm the man. As soon as I walk in, there shouldn't be any confusion about what I'm here to do. This is God said, where my feet at is my land. And he listed all of this from the Euphrates to the wilderness so I don't know. Y'all are in my region. Did you not get the notice? <laughs> but what's revealed here is some of our same realities. You know, we heard what God said.
fell in love with what he promised, as we should. But then we didn't stick around for the rest of the story. Because then G-O-D starts keeping it really real with Joshua. He says in verse 6, be strong and courageous. Why are these even necessary if you've already given me everything? For you are the one who will lead these people to the promised land. You already told me that. <laughs> it's like that person that doubles back, like, are you sure? You sure you're going to be there? You sure? <laughs> he said, I swore to this ancestors I would give them. He repeats it again. Be strong and very courageous. He was like, if the first courageous wasn't big enough, maybe you'll catch the next courageous. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. And it's amazing to me because, like I say, these two things don't even sound like they should even go together because it sounds like you was going to give me everything. But now you're starting to instill in me a mind state. You're starting to instill in me words that must be effective because, God, why would you waste words? God's not going to waste words. So there, there must be something in these words that you're speaking. That you keep telling me to be strong and be courageous. Then be strong and very courageous. Then he says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Like, hold up. You could have told me that while he was still around. <laughs> Now you're telling me I have instructions to follow? You started all this off like it was going to be a walk in the park. But now you're telling me I should have kept a manual as he was talking and telling me I have to be strong and courageous? What is going on here? And many people, that's how they look right now today. I run into a lot of Christians that are living out the strong and courageous part, and they like, Pastor Brian, what is going on here? <laughs> this was not what I was sold at my moment of salvation. <laughs> Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. Turn either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, that's it, there goes one of them transitional words. Look at this. You started me off really hype. Then you came in here with how you want me to do it. And then you followed it up with a, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Hold up. I thought everywhere my feet went, it was a done deal. Now you done gave all these instructions, a mind state to have, and you going to throw on a big then you will prosper at the end of this? You telling me that all the stuff you started with is subjective to something I do? Why would you end it like that? 
Then he closes it out again. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. <laughs> Here we go again. What is in this? But look what he says. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And he's saying, be strong and courageous. But then he reveals something. And it's awesome because it's that simple to us today. He reveals that the opposing thought to your strong and courageous attitude is to be afraid and become discouraged. And it's so awesome because what he's telling Joshua is, my promises are true. However, we're in this thing and we're going to win this thing and it's a done deal because I picked you and I'm with you. I just can't have you giving up as we're doing it. And the giving up starts when you become afraid and discouraged. I gave you the good news when you started out because it was enough in it to fight off any thoughts of discouragement or for you to ever be afraid. I will be with you. I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. We will work it all out together. And I'm telling you, that's still one of the most powerful things that we can realize as believers is that God has agreed to work it all out with you. He said, it doesn't matter what the threat is because there's going to be some threats, Joshua. We're going to work it out together. It doesn't matter, Joshua, who's out there trying to stop this because there's some people that's trying to stop this because we're going to do it together. Don't be afraid, Joshua. Don't be discouraged no matter what you see, no matter what you come up against because we're going to do this thing together. The key to this is you understanding that success is a byproduct of my presence. Yes, we have some going through but I ain't leaving. And because I'm not leaving, I need that mind. I need you to think on those things that are above. Keep them focused. Keep them fixed. Keep them locked in. Because the only thing that's against us now is fear and discouragement. Y'all say today, we cancel it. Fear's assignment. Because it made me start to look in and says, well, what is courage? Right? God is very specific. And he's saying, Joshua, I need you to be courageous. I need you to be courageous. I need you to shift to being courageous. And the thing about courageous is courageous is an outward display of my inward faith. Courageous actually has a look. 
courageous has a stance because Joshua, you are the leader. So I need you to be outward about this belief that you have inward. Oh, amen. I love when I find the part to work from, right? Because sometimes some of us be silent in our faith walk. And the thing about what God wants to do to you to get to and to release the unthinkable, we have to become courageous about the faith that we have. And that's why he keeps saying, Joshua, I need you to be courageous. I need you to be outward with the confidence that you're holding inward. Your silence ain't good this season, Joshua. You're the only one that can hear me. Oh, amen. Courage is a mind state that can sustain a lost in battle without losing the confidence that this is still your war to win. Courage views defeat as building blocks that are necessary for my victory. Courage is the confidence to do what's right, do it because it's right, then do it right. Despite what I see, think, or feel, courage is what creates separation from those who think they are called and those who know they are called. Courage is the fortitude and mental capability to, to continue in the face of defeat. Courage is how a winner responds to defeat. Courage is an outward display of our inner faith. And that's why I kept saying, you got to be courageous. I like to say it like this. Fear is its ability to scare you. Courage is your ability to scare it. Because truth is, fear is the result that's birthed from my willingness to entertain that defeat could be an option. And that's why he just goes straight to the punch. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Because if you can start entertaining that defeat is an option, you're now starting to entertain two opposing thoughts to what I just said to you. The things I said to you, I wanted you to meditate on them things day and night. Day and night. Day and night. And night, I want you to meditate on the words I have given to you day and night. Day and night. Why? Because I want to keep you moving forward. Truth is, courage is the strength that's collected that empowers someone to do what frightens them. I like to say it like this. Courage is when you take your faith, your hope, your trust, your experience, and say, I'm going to do something. I'm going to say it again. Faith is when, courage is when you take your faith, your hope, your trust, your experience, and say, I'm going to do something with this stuff. Amen. And I have this question I just want you to ask yourself whenever that moment happens is anytime fear is present, we have to ask ourselves, what have I accepted that God hasn't given? 
Anytime fear rises up in us, there's something we've accepted that God hasn't given. Because truth is, fears are false accusations that can't change heaven's accreditation. And that's why it's like, Joshua, I can pump you up on all of this. But let me give you the thing that's going to try to slide in here and cancel everything I said. We're going to expose fear today, right? We're going to expose fear because that was Joshua's activation. But what is amazing to me is when we look at Paul's conversation with Timothy, as Paul was coming to the end of his life, y'all say he got few words to spare. But as Paul starts coming to the end of his life and realizes that Timothy is going to have to carry on this life that he was living, he starts to speak to him but when you look at the verbiage that he uses, you look at the words that he expresses, it's like Paul found out something about fear. It's like Paul's like, fear ain't doing what you think fear is doing. You think fear is trying to keep you away from things that can harm you. And yes, sometimes our thoughts of fear arise when we think something's going to harm us. He says, but that's not the one that really gets believers in trouble. That's not the one that gets us. What gets us is when fear is trying to get us to acknowledge what's comfortable. Because this is what fear is trying to do. Truth is, fear is attempting to activate your comfort by referencing your past. Paul realized that the thought that it ain't going to happen to me like that again is actually the verbiage of fear. And starts you to do, starts you to have to do things to try to make sure your comfort is protected. It's like, they ain't going to get me like that again. Those over there ain't going to get me like that again. This situation ain't going to happen like this again. And all these barriers are erecting to protect your comfort. You're saying, I'm unwilling to do what harmed me before. I'm unwilling to do what could potentially bring up something that hurt me before. Yeah. And Paul's like, you, you gotta get, you gotta realize something. That's actually fear talking. But fear is trying to get you to be comfortable. And that's the disguise. See, see, it's not that you're fearful. You want to be comfortable. And because I want to be comfortable, I allow fear to start to speak to me. Like, I'm not going over there. I'm comfortable here. I, I'm not going to try that. I'm comfortable 
here. I'm not going to say that I'm comfortable here. He's saying, that's not comfort, baby. That's fear disguised. And he say, as long as we allow fear to become packaged, come to us packaged as comfort, we won't cancel it as soon as it arrives. Like you're trying to build back and bring me back to something that hurt me before. So you're connecting my, my, my past and what I've experienced to limit me from stepping out to do something new. Because the truth is, many of us are actually comfortable. I found people that are actually comfortable with not having a knock. They have learned how to manage their discomfort. They have learned how to manage their less than enough. They have learned how to manage less than what God has promised. They have learned how to manage things that are below what God has planned for them. And because it's comfortable due to my ability to be able to manage it, I'm not going to change. Although God is speaking some unthinkable things to me, the fact of the matter is it's my comfort that's keeping me more than it is I'm just comfortable where I'm at. And Paul's like, oh, man. Comfort is just fear being disguised. And this is why, turn me to 2 Timothy 1. And it's also good, but I'll start at verse 3. We see, and and, and y'all can just go on a journey with me, right? Because God is speaking to Joshua from heaven's perspective. And so God is delivering what we talked about last week, promises. God is delivering promises. God delivers promises into our lives is what he does. But the major difference in between when God talks to Joshua and Paul starts to talk to Timothy, Timothy is coming from human experience. Timothy is saying, Paul is saying, Timothy, I've lived this. And because I live this, I'm going to have to tell you how this hits us. I'm going to deliver some information to you to help you to understand what this journey is going to feel like. I want you to understand that the promises are true. And I want you to also understand what the journey looks like. It's good news when you talk to somebody who's already on the other side. And what you want them to tell you is, don't tell me to fluff. Don't give me the pretty picture. Give me the goods that I need to know to survive what you know what's ahead. 
That's like Pastor, Pastor Deborah talked about this two weeks ago. Y'all keep running around telling people all your glory stories, and they want to know what you did when you wasn't feeling it. And Paul's like, Timothy, you know a lot about God, but let me give you some real. Let me give you some raw. Let me give it to you plain. 2 Timothy 1 and 3 says, he says, I thank God. Starts with thankfulness. Whom I serve with a pure conscience. As my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. Gratefully desiring to see you being mindful of your tears <laughs> that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dealt first in your grandfather, grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. And then he says something that is so powerful. He gives him a clean look. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In both instances, we see fear being referenced in the calling that is next. And the fear is being referenced because they want you to know there's something that always opposes what God wants to do. It's called fear. Fear is always trying to speak up in the midst of God's operation and stop it. But then Paul goes a little further. Y'all ready to see this? This is going to... I got up this morning... And uh, I was talking to my wife and telling her about the message. I said, ooh, 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 this is good. This is so good. It's good because we found them. We found them. And as you read on, he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. I'm reading the New Living Translation for those who follow me. And timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. He says, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me. 
either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, look what he says, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time. To show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher and an apostle and a teacher for this good news. Verse 12. This is why I am suffering here in prison. But I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust. And I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. What is the big difference between God's conversation with Joshua and now Paul's conversation with Timothy? Paul is saying, brother, because of all this goodness, I suffered. Because of all this good news that I accepted, there was some going through that I had to go through. He's saying, because of the assignment, I found myself in places that I didn't think I was going to find myself in. Because of the things that I was pursuing, it got me in places that I never thought I would ever see. Because of the assignment that God placed in me, I am experiencing things that I didn't think I was going to experience. This becomes so important. Because what's Paul attacking? He's attacking the comfort that Timothy might think is a part of the assignment. He's saying, if there's anything I can leave you with, Timothy, before I go, is no, it might not all be comfortable. Know that every situation won't look like a good situation. Know that every circumstance won't look like a good circumstance. Know that everything won't always be the way you want it to line up to be. But we accepted the assignment because we know he'll take all of this and work it into something that is good for us. It is good for us. And Paul would say this because truth is comfort has the same ability of crippling your destiny as the pain of your past. He's saying, look, as long as you are trying to find comfort in this assignment, you will be entertaining two opposing thoughts. Because it won't always look comfortable. The unthinkable won't always seem like it's cuddly and warm and something you want to hug. He's like, Timothy, if there's something I could tell you, 
is watch out for that comfortable stuff. Watch out for when comfort starts talking to you. Because comfort will have conversations with you that will leave you sitting still. Comfort will have you considering options that God didn't want you to consider. Comfort will have you entertaining mindsets that God doesn't want you to develop. Comfort will come into your life packaged pretty and leave you right where you are for the rest of it. I was wondering how this message was going to go. But now I see. Because we talk about, and it's not to discourage it, but some of us have seen the bad effects of government assistance. What did it do? It made people comfortable. Then they learned how to manage it and said, this is good enough. Simply because it's fearful for me to think if I go get a job, they're going to cut this off. It, it, it disturbs, disturbs my comfort to think that I would have to go do something that could risk what I'm currently receiving easily. And God's saying as long as we are having conversations with what's comfortable, we are actually having conversations with things that have the potential to move us away from what God is calling us to do. And so that's why Paul jumped in and said, Timothy, God's good, God's great, and I thank him. But let me tell you something. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. Let me tell you about my life. I've been in some prisons. I've been arrested. They done canceled me out. They tried to kill me. I'm telling you this stuff not so that you think you should suffer. I'm telling you this so that you don't think you should be comfortable. God doesn't want you to suffer. However, he doesn't want you to keep thinking that comfortable is home. He's like, I'm, I'm going to match the level that comfort tries to fight with you by having Paul speak from a region that makes you think you should suffer. Because if you can think that I have to go through something for the gospel, then you won't let comfort keep you stagnant. You'll see what God's calling you to and say, it might get uncomfortable, but God's got me. It'll have you looking at things that don't seem like the route will be easy, but you will go and walk through it. And I know I took a long way to get around to this, but we have to understand comfort is a silent killer. We hear so many wonderful things that God wants to do with our lives, but then we consider what makes us what? And Paul's like, you got to understand something about that comfort. Comfort is just fear being disguised and 
fear will rob you of everything God wants for you. But if it came packaged as fear, you would kick it out. So Satan has repackaged fear in the form of comfort and say, baby, don't you like being comfortable? Don't you like that you have it all planned out? Don't you like that you're executing just as you thought it should go? Why would you interrupt your comfort for this thing God is now speaking? Why would you do something like that? We are good over here. We, we are comfortable. We're comfortable. And if anybody has ever been in a married relationship or a good dating relationship, that comfort, comfort, comfort. Comfort becomes the crux of many conversations. Baby, I believe God's telling me to go start that business. Now, I don't know how you're going to provide for us. And it sounds like that job transfer is going to disturb our what? And we're disguising our fear of what we think is not possible by defending our comfort. Baby, I don't want to be uncomfortable, so I don't think that's what we should do. What you're actually saying is, I don't actually trust it can happen. I just came to pull back the blinders. Pull it back. Pull it back and say, you know what? Comfort will no longer take my destiny from me. Like, why would I allow comfort to take what God has planned for me? Why would I let that happen? That's why Paul said, None of this, you can see how, you can see why Paul was so radical. Paul was like, I got to deliver the good straight to you as a walker of it. God gives you promises to keep your hope high, but I'm going to give you this truth to keep your courage moving. Because there are things that are going to come against what you have settled in. But you got to know that God didn't call you to settle and be comfortable. He called you to be strong and courageous. Y'all with me? Watch this, right? And when I found this, it exploded in such a new way to me. Something we've read before. God said, that was my prescription on how to actually live this out. Because I I, like God, don't want you just running around here, just doing wild stuff. Thomas, so Pastor Brian said, I just not supposed to be comfortable and you burn your couch. <laughs> Y'all know I gotta have my, 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 my moment. 
But I've seen it before. You know, you'll go home, God told us. <laughs> but there's something strategic about it, right? There's something very strategic. And God says, this is how I want you to think so that that doesn't become your reality. Turn with me to Matthew 6 and 34. And when God showed this to me, he showed me just, uh, it's like a building weight. And it feels like, and y'all know I love to just be honest, right? We are in church. But sometimes it just feels like things are just stacking up against you. It's like, as you weigh out those cons and start to think about them, it's like they become more and more, that ain't the word, I'm about to mess up a whole clean sentence. <laughs> but as you start to stack up and consider the cons, it's like the strength of fear gets stronger. And I said, God, why is that? It's like, it's like when you don't do something today, it doesn't actually become easier tomorrow. It's like you get more reasons of why you should just do it the next day. Because if I make the decision today, it could disturb the comfort of my now. And so I'll push decisions that are supposed to be made today into the future because I don't want to have discomfort in my now. But what actually happens tomorrow, it's like the discomfort becomes stronger. It's like, it's almost like you think that giving it time will help bring down the risk opportunities. Like if I give it time, the risk that seems like it's a part of the decision God's asking me to make, it'll go away. But then you get to tomorrow, and it's like it just got riskier than it was yesterday. And so then you get stuck in this stagnant position because what you're waiting on is for the thing to look comfortable because fear is disguised as comfortable. And so each day, each month, each year, some of us, longer than that, we delay doing the thing that God is calling us to simply because we're waiting for the moment of comfort. But it actually builds up something inside of us that weighs us down so much. It weighs us down because it makes us feel like we've missed opportunities. Like, I thought it was risky before, but now it's actually riskier. 
And since it's riskier than it was yesterday, I'm definitely not going to do it today. But then that day turns into two days, turns into a week, turns into months. The next thing you know, we are literally living under a weight that seems unscapable. It just simply feels like I missed my opportunity. And that's why God showed me this. He says, Brian, just look at it for what it plainly says and live it out. It says, so don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And it just reveals so much to me because it's saying, Tomorrow will bring his what? Own worries. But this is what I know. Wherever there's worry, there's an opportunity for what? Victory. Because God hasn't called me to a life of worry. He's called me to a life of victories. And so if there's worry tomorrow, there's a victory tomorrow. If there is worry tomorrow, there is also a victory tomorrow. Because God hasn't called me to be worrying about anything. But it also lets me know that worry is trying to get me today. And that's why God is saying, no. There's a victory today, too. There's a victory plan today. There's a victory plan tomorrow. There's a victory plan for the day after that. Every day I have a victory moment plan for you. Every day there is something that's going to come and try to disturb you and it'll try to attack your comfort. It'll play on your insecurities. But know that same day there's a victory in that day. But what happens when believers start planning today's victory for tomorrow? I'm going to say it again. What happens when believers start planning the victory God scheduled today, tomorrow? What happens when God says there's something I'm giving you to overcome today that you can do today that I don't want you to conserve it for tomorrow? There's victory today. I have a plan that you could win in today. I'm saying something to you today that you can take and you can win with. He's saying when you don't take your opportunity to win today, it moves to tomorrow, but tomorrow already got stuff. So the key to canceling fear's assignment is to understand that God actually has a victory for you today. God has a victory today. God doesn't actually want you to take what's concerning you right now into tomorrow.
I know this sounds so just simple, but it reveals so much about God's love for us that he's saying, I don't want you to take what's troubling you today and live with it through the night. I want you to know that right now, whatever is disturbing you, my grace and my love for you wants it to end today. And it made me realize how powerful God has made me. It made me realize that today God has given me the strength and the power to overcome what's been trying to bother me. And it made me, look at this, slow down and say, what decision can I actually make today about what's bothering me? And every day, God has spoken a plan of victory. But sometimes we don't think that the thing he gave us to do is big enough to destroy the thing that's coming against us. And so sometimes we just don't act on the simple act of obedience that he's speaking. And we say, God, it's okay. I'll put together a plan to get over this a week from now. And God's like, why would you plan a victory for a week from now that I want you to have today? Next week will have its own stuff. I told you, I want your mind focused on today. I want your mind to take all that it knows all that is realized, be strong and courageous and act on what you can do today. There is something we all can do today concerning anything that's trying to bring fear into our lives. God doesn't want us to live a day holding fear in our mind. But why do we go this route? Because one of the strongest blocks to us acting on what he's speaking is the consideration of the comfort we're living in right now. And we say, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. And God's like, it will, and I'll be with you. But I just never want you to forget that I have a victory in every day. There's something you have the power to do today. 
There's something you have the ability to do today. And yeah, it might come against your comfort. But it's me who's talking. Because truth is, you can't cancel fears and slave me by choosing to fight today's battle tomorrow. There's a victory in your today. You guys can stand to your feet. Because fear says I'm one decision away from my breakdown. But grace is always saying you're one decision away from your breakthrough. In Ephesians 1 and 3, it talks about all praise be to our God who daily loads us with all spiritual blessings. He says, every day I loaded you up for what's in front of you today. And somehow... We've got distracted by the power of our own planning to think that God wants to schedule us to live with fear until our plan is done. I says, I don't want you to live a day in fear. I want you to live every day in peace. Ability. There's a plan. Every day, there's something you can do. Every day, there's an action you can act on. Every day, there's a realization. And all spiritual blessings are available in that day. That's why it says, every day his mercies are what? Made new. He said, I'm going to renew you. Pour it all out today. verse 8 of that same chapter he says in that same day all wisdom and understanding is available Lord God we just thank you for this time and we just thank you for this opportunity to just have a conversation with you Lord God I pray that you are Mending together every piece of what you wanted to say so that your people can live in victory today. Lord God, I pray that you have so many unthinkable things planned for their lives and you don't want them to live in fear about what you're asking them to do. You want them to be light and free. You want them to Live out this life with you with the grace you've given them. The grace that says there's nothing that's strong enough to overtake what God's done in me. And I just thank you, God, that you'll speak to your people right where they are. Show them that they're powerful 
showing that they don't lack anything necessary to get it done today. They don't have to worry about how it could come out tomorrow because you told them you're already in tomorrow, God. You're already in our next week and you're already planning victory for us in that week and you're already planning victory for us in the month after that. But you want us to experience victory today. You don't want us to wait for a victorious moment. You're a victorious God today. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is living in us today. Today is the day in which the Lord has made. He has rejoicing and gladness planned today. There's something he wants us to celebrate today. There's something he wants us to give praise to him about today. Today there's goodness. Today there's mercy. Today there's peace. Today there's grace. I'm not scheduling a day where peace is yours. Peace is yours today. I'm not scheduling a moment for love to be yours. Love is available today today God wants to do you good and make you happy today today Pastor Brian, why do you keep saying all this today stuff? So that your thoughts can start to align with what God wants to do. And for some people, I still feel you struggling, so I'm going to say another round of it. Like, Pastor Brian, God couldn't have something great for me today. Let me tell you something. He actually does. He has something he wants to do to put a smile on your face today. He wants to do something that will make you so happy you don't have to go to sleep with fear tonight. He wants to do something that will radically blow your mind so that you don't have to go to sleep concerned tonight. Believers shouldn't go to sleep in fear concern and doubt and worry that is not God's promise for you he's saying that today is the day in which I have made and if I've made it I plan a victory for those I've made victorious it's today today is the day I got blessings today I have favor today. I have overflow today. Today. Look at your neighbor and say, today is a good day. Today is a good day. If God made it, it must be good. If God made it, it must be good.
must be good. And I, I said, God, I don't care no more. I just wanted to hit you the way it hit me. When I realized, God, you don't want me to go to sleep anymore with doubt on my mind. You love me too much to have me going to sleep thinking that fear has an opportunity to win over me tomorrow. I don't go to sleep waiting to see what the report's going to be tomorrow. God wants me to go to sleep knowing that the report has already been turned in. And it reads, victory. And so it made me stop. Can I be honest with y'all? It made me stop because, like many of you guys, there are things that are bothering me today that I'm planning to overcome next week sometime. Like, I'll meet with them tomorrow. It's bothering me today. And every night I go to sleep with the thing bothering me, just waiting on next week to come to resolve it. And God's like, Brian, if it's bothering you today, what are you waiting on? Don't let the odds stack against you ever again. If it's bothering me today, God, there must be an answer to resolve it today. I know I'm way over the time, but I feel like God finally got us there. Because somewhere in our planning, we accepted things that God didn't want us to accept. And it's okay to have a plan, but you shouldn't be waiting on the plan to free you. The plan to free you has already happened. He paid the price on Calvary. And he sets you free that day. And every day, something tries to come to rob you of that freedom. And he's saying, stop planning on overcoming me. If it came that day, end it that same day. If you have to pause all of your activities, and say, no, I will not live another day under the threats 
of fear, doubt, shame, condemnation. That wasn't his promise. His promise was that every day I would live a life of peace. I would live a life of joy. And so I, I right now freeze what's going on to hear the victory you have set up today. Y'all know when people tell you we'll meet about it tomorrow? No, we gonna meet about it today. Tomorrow, you might have a whole nother thing you got cooked up. And I ain't trying to get there to deal with what you got cooked up for tomorrow and the week after that. We gonna deal with it today. I gotta stop. Thank you for watching today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to your life. Remember, you can always like and subscribe to our YouTube page. Just keep up the date as messages as they're released. And remember, today, God has a victory planned for you. Love you and see you soon.